This is episode 30 with Dave Chesson. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and you're listening to Men of Abundance with Wally Carmichael. You must be prepared to ignite. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. Aloha, men of abundance. Today's guest is a nuclear engineer, a submariner, and a Kindlepreneur. During this interview, Dave explains what a Kindlepreneur is and how and why he has decided to transition from being a naval officer to a Kindlepreneur. But of course, before I introduce Dave, I want to give you the opportunity to be abundant in your life today by subscribing to Men of Abundance on either iTunes or Stitcher. And what would be really cool and greatly appreciated is if you leave a review about your experience with Men of Abundance on iTunes or Stitcher. The reason why this is so important to us and the reason why I bring this up so often is because the more subscribers and the more rates and reviews that we get on iTunes and Stitcher equals much better search results for the conversations that we're having with all of these amazing abundant leaders. And that simply means more men will be able to find this amazing information that they're looking for. In addition to that, more subscribers equals more downloads. More downloads means I will start attracting sponsors that can start paying for this show. You see, you're consuming this amazing content completely free, absolutely no charge. However, putting all of this together for you with all the software and everything else involved in podcasting, it's not free. It is costing me money. And I'm doing it because I absolutely love sharing this information with you. But at some point, I do need to start attracting sponsors so that I can at least pay for operating costs. So I would greatly appreciate you helping me keep the mic on by simply sharing this podcast with as many people as you can. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. All right, let's get Dave on the line. As I already mentioned at the time of this conversation, Dave is a commissioned officer in the U.S. Navy. He's a nuclear engineer, a submariner, and a Kindlepreneur. Dave explains what that is in just a minute. Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate you jumping on so quick, man. I mean, we just I just got in contact with you, saw what you were doing, absolutely love what you're doing and your active duty navy is that right that's correct well for the next couple of days and then after that i'll be transitioning to full online entrepreneur how awesome is that <laughs> amen to that that's freaking cool man yeah i retired a year and a half ago and i remember that day man it was just an amazing feeling so um where are you at in the world i'm currently in sri lanka um my current posting is with the u.s embassy in colombo that is one place i have not been yet how do you like it out there I love it. Well, you know, uh, actually a lot of people have seen it. Um, it was where they filmed Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't in India. It was, th- I guess, back then they had some kind of issues. And Sri Lanka was like, hey, guys, you know, any filming, you know, you need to do in India. Guess what? You get to skip the red tape. Come on down to Sri Lanka. So, you know, there's the Temple of Doom. And then on top of that, we were whitewater rafting. And the guy who was steering the, the raft goes, oh, look, you know, and there's this giant rubble in the water. And he goes, famous bridge, 
that is called Kwai. And I'm like, you, you mean bridge over River Kwai? And he goes, yep, they blew it up for the movie. <laughs> I was oh like, that's awesome. Goodness. No kidding. So sure enough, I, I steered the, I said, get over there. I need to get a picture of this. And sure enough, got out and sent it to my dad. And so, yeah, so we've actually seen Sri Lanka a lot. It's just you don't know it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I did know some of that, but because I'm a big Indiana Jones fan, my wife and I both are, and we certainly would have had to go take that photo op without a doubt. Oh, absolutely! And you know, it's funny is is that um, my favorite scene is is real life for me now because we'll be walking and all of a sudden, you know, somebody who's visiting will be like, "Oh, those are really big birds," and I'm like, "Those ain't birds, sweetheart." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> giant fruit bats in the air. Yeah. I was in Israel in in a lot, in a little town right across the border from uh Egypt into Israel, and um right across the water was Jordan where they filmed uh one of the Indiana Jones movies where they're going into the temp into the uh I think what was that where they had the um I think it was the Fountain of okay. Youth where they had the the big, I, now I can't remember the darn name of it. But anyway, I wanted to go over there, but we couldn't get enough guys for the tour to get over there. So anyhow, oh, that's, my, that's as close as I got anyway. So anyway, Dave, I like to start the show the same way I start every morning, which is with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today? You know, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to, you know, have these experiences. I mean... You know, the military sent me all over the world. Before this, I was in I was in South Korea. Now I'm in Sri Lanka. And although my military career is ending, I'm just thankful for the opportunities that I've gotten all the way through from the education that they gave me to um, having the time to be able to do a side business that's turned into my full business. Yeah, I'm a real big proponent of traveling and experiencing unusual experiences that most people don't get a chance to uh, I believe it's made me a better person uh, all around from every day that I've been able to travel, and I'm sure it has you as well. Absolutely, and just kind of something I want to add to that, because I know, you know, uh, it'll be a focus later on in our conversation, but, you know, when being a part of the military was great, and it's not like I resented the job that they gave me, but, you know, sometimes as an entrepreneur, sometimes as, as a father, as a husband, you know, we need to define what our definition of success is. And for me, it wasn't exactly a career in the military. But that doesn't mean that I look back at it with negativity or that I feel as though it was a, a waste of time. Although I have split away from it to create a new life, a new career, um, you know, and I created this exit strategy that I followed through on. It just comes down to being thankful for, you know, the, what I've gained from it, but it's just not the future for me. I, I definitely respect that. I've, a lot of the guys that I served with, and even myself, I was ready to get out at one point. Um, things just changed in my life, but it, it's just not for everybody. It really is not. But there's still a lot, everybody I've talked to, is still a lot to gain from the experience without a doubt. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of, there's, um, have you ever heard of like Gary Vaynerchuk? Oh, Absolutely. I love that guy. I do. And he's got some great motivational parts to it. But a lot of times his focus is on like, hey, um, if you don't like your nine to five, if you hate Mondays and you like yearn for Fridays, you know, then you need to get out of it. I'm just saying you don't need that quality of disdain for your job, you know, Mm -hmm. to want to try to find an exit. You just need to understand that, hey, these are my this is my definition of success and I'm not on that path. And so. That's kind of what I just wanted to highlight. No, I absolutely agree. And here's another clue. If you're sitting at work looking at the clock, chances are you're not digging what you're doing. 
So, right. you know, find a side hustle, find experience other things and you'll figure out what you what you truly love doing. And the way you know you you love what you're doing is when you look at the clock and you realize it's been 2 hours and you didn't even realize it. <laughs> That's when you know yes, you love what you're doing. Right? So, and you know, that could be any number of things. So, I, before we started the show, I talked a little bit about you. I gave a little bit of your bio, but not a whole lot because I want you to get you know, tell us who you are, where you come from. We know a little bit we've talked about already, but let's get a little bit more personal. Yeah, well, um, you know, being a military brat had me all over the place. Um, it's It's been a great experience. Uh, my father, grandfather, great-grandfather, all of them on both sides of the family, um, they're all Navy and military. So, you know, I was raised in that kind of legacy aspect of it. But, you know, I started my career is a submariner and I found out that while I had chosen a path I felt like I had to cram my square block through a round hole you know how there's they always say that try to fit you know a square block through a round hole well I cut my corners off just to get through that hole and I learned that you know I've been there are certain things that I enjoy doing there are certain skills that I have and I had forced myself in a path that just didn't let me do that and it allowed having this exit strategy allowed me to kind of step back and look at my life and look at the things that I'm good at and enjoyed. And, you know, that was a big motivating factor for me. So I would say to people out there, you know, if you feel as though either you're not utilizing the skills that you have, or you feel like you're trying to shove your square through that round hole, um, that should be a really good sign too, that maybe you need to look for an exit strategy. What do you suggest for people to try to find out what their fit is? Well, the first thing I'd say is definitely, if you got a spouse, talk to them first. <laughs> They'll definitely um, tell you who you are. That's right. Whether you agree or not, it doesn't matter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, so I couldn't have done any of this without talking to my wife and making sure that she was not only on board, but that she understood what I was trying to do. Um, you know, doing a side hustle, trying to learn skill, grow in a new area requires, you know, discipline. It requires, um, you know, a change in lifestyle and if he or she is not on board with that, then you're, you're going, you're basically on a path for failure, uh, failure in something. So, you know, for us, we immediately talked about it. We looked at, okay, this sounds like a good idea, but you need to define what success is. You need to say, okay, well, is success to be rich? Is success to be home with your family? Is success, you know, these things are very important because once you've defined success, you can define the scope of work, okay? This allowed me to have a go-no-go criteria. You know, I remember I was in South Korea, Busan at the time when we were having this conversation. And I was like, well, great. So what kind of signed income can I create in South Korea? I mean, I can't go back to the United States. I don't speak Korean. I'm actually fluent in Chinese, but somehow the military sent me to Korea. <laughs> Imagine that. And yeah, exactly. And I was in a Korean base, no less, too. So I wasn't even with a U.S. detachment. And... <laughs> that was that was always fun and but I mean seriously like what what could I do um, I tried to look at being like one of these international shippers or consultants you know where I could you know help companies that order something from South Korea or China help it get over there but then I realized well no that's a bad idea because my definition of success was to be home with my family if I'm an international shipper I'll never be able to accomplish that so just by knowing what success was, it helped me to realize the, yeah, this is a good idea. No, that's a terrible idea. It's just another job, you know. 
And so just to recap that, definitely have your partner on board with you, define your success, and use that to define the scope so that you can make the right choice moving forward. Very good points, and I absolutely love that you say to define your success first. One of the things I try to teach my boys, try to get them to understand, is to decide the lifestyle that you ultimately want to be living, and then find a vocation that will fit that lifestyle. Most people do it the other way around. They just find whatever vocation that they can kind of fall into, or kind of get forced into, even rather by their own beliefs or somebody else's beliefs, usually parents, uh, kind of like what you did. And then find out this isn't really what I want to do, not because I don't like what I'm doing, but because I don't like the lifestyle that it's giving me. Does that make sense? Exactly. As a matter of fact, to take that further, when people choose their vocation, they try to then change their lifestyle to fit that vocation. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we start making sacrifices on the things that we do or don't you know don't want to do. And when you do that, that's when you start to feel these little holes inside that are saying, you know, hey, like I used to do this. I used to be this person and I'm not anymore. And that's when people really start to kind of internally suffer. And a lot of people won't ever make that connection. They just know that they're not happy with their life. Uh, one of It's a terrible example, but, you know, I look back at before the military, I loved to golf. I did a lot of golfing. And after, you know, joining the military, it's gone. I haven't been stationed at any place that has a golf course, and so that's that's one of those loves of mine that's just kind of died off. And I'm sure there are lots of little things that have happened, but you know, just to know, you know, that you've made sacrifices, you made changes in your life, you know, in the lifestyle that you love, should be an eye opener. Absolutely. So we're going to get into all the amazing things that you're doing at this point, and you do are doing some amazing things. I've looked into quite a bit of what you're doing, and I'm interested in what you're doing myself we'll talk about that in just a minute but before we do i really want to get into that kick in the gut moment either on a personal or on an entrepreneurial level as you were building your side hustle and your and your side business while you're active duty military i'd love to hear that story yeah my kick in the gut moment was when google banned me uh from using their adsense i uh when i first started i was building these niche websites i became a very big seoer uh, I lo- I, to this day, I love search engine optimization because, you know, you work hard, you get your site ranking number one for great terms, and then you get continuous traffic. It was very passive and great. However, though, um, I was making money, and my sole source of money was coming from Google Ads. So, you know, that's where Google will put the ads on your website, and if people click it, you get paid. So it was a nice one-two punch to be able to rank first and get the clicks. And then all of a sudden, all the money just went away. It was gone. I was not making any more money and I was scratching my head and you know I contact Google and of course Google sends me this robotic response of uh, you have a legal code on your website and therefore we've canceled your account I was like what and so I went to the drawing boards and I looked and I found out that I had I had actually messed up in putting the code in and so what was happening is if somebody hovered over it it was telling Google it was a click and I was like, this just sounds terrible. But I was like, oh, my goodness. So I changed it, and I sent them a response, and they, they fixed everything, and I got my, back, my account back. But here's the thing. Here's the lesson of this. I was riding high. I was enjoying, you know, that I'd set something up. I was getting this passive, continuous income, uh, nice side income, and it went away. It was gone because I had put all my eggs in one basket. I was dependent on one company, one platform to give me my income. And I realized on that day 
that you know as entrepreneurs a you really shouldn't depend on somebody else solely for your income because one day it can change but number two is that and when that change does come and it will be prepared understand that it's not the end of the world and you know move forward and adapt yeah there's a lot of lessons there and and quite a few you summed them all up perfectly i mean that's that is a kick in the gut i could feel that one yeah i'm i wallowed in pain i'm not gonna lie i was i was i was like a little girl with a skin knee when it happened and and i just sat there just staring and i don't know why it affected me so much i guess it scared me it uh it felt terrible to see that happen all my work like potentially was gone all these months of putting in this effort everything down the drain and it took me a while to recover and to this day i still don't understand why i mean you know being in the military you know what it's like to get yelled at and screamed at or you know to get well heck i got disqualified once and requalified back but i mean that hurt but this for some reason just hurt more well, so. yeah, there was a lot of money. There was income involved, and plus your baby, everything. The, see, men of abundance, the thing that some of you may not understand, because not everybody here is an entrepreneur or even a, aspires to be an entrepreneur, but when you build something like this and you just put so much time and effort into it and you nurture it and you get it almost to where you want it to be, and then all of a sudden it's literally kidnapped from you. It's just gone, and it literally feels like that. It's 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 like a death almost. Uh, and it, it's gut-wrenching. I can just feel it. I know. Yeah, and another aspect of that, too, is, is that, you know, even in even during the day job or so, even if I disappointed a boss or I got a really bad fit rep or something like that, that didn't affect my pay, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. you know? And I've never been used to something just all of a sudden changing the pay that I get. It, it's, it's a variable that I never thought about or experienced, and this was one of those that it's like, hey, somebody just turned the switch, and next thing you know, it was gone. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously you're at a pivot point right now because in a couple days you're a civilian again. And you're that's a major, major pivot point. And I remember that day that I picked up my DD-214, which basically says you're you're no longer on active duty service and you can go home now, you know, type of thing. And um, but you have other pivot points that's taking you into what you're getting ready to do. Uh, can you share that pivot point with us? Yeah. Well, um, so first off, I had started by creating all these niche websites. So that's a nice side income. Uh, I get paid from Google for AdSense as well as Amazon Associate, which is their affiliate program. And then after a while of building these out, I started writing books um, to actually promote on my websites. And so that, so I was using Amazon's KDP, uh, Kindle Direct Publishing. And what's great about that is combining my skill set with organic traffic on Google to the books, it created a really nice passive income. So over the past three and a half years, I've really built out that arsenal of assets. Um, I like to call them assets because they pay me uh, every month. So, you know, they're valuable assets to me. But I got to a point where I was like, okay, well, you know, I've really been I've been writing under a pen name. I've really been putting out all this information, but nobody knows who I am. I think it's time for me to grow as an entrepreneur and to create something, you know, that I'm really attached to that that has me inside of it, has my nerdiness and dorkiness all over it. And that's when I created Kindlepreneur.com, which is um, Kindle Entrepreneur, Kindlepreneur. Mm-hmm. It's a website that's devoted to teaching self-publishers how to market their book using online tactics. And it's 
it's been wonderful. It's been a great experience for me, a learning experience. We went from, let's see, a year ago it started and went from zero to 100,000 readers per month um, in just that time. We've created a lot of free tools. And so it's really become like kind of a hub and center for people who are like, hey, I've written a book, but I'm not selling uh, as much as I was hoping. And for me, that's, you know, it's been a great learning experience. It brought in more income. And when you combine all those things together, that has allowed me to step away from the Navy, go home, be with my kids, be with my wife, stay there, <laughs> you know, work from home and um, live pretty much comfortable so exit strategy completed awesome and obviously that's your why is to get home is that correct 100 percent. yes i spent the past three out of four years deployed without my family that's too much um you know i've got a daughter who's four years old and she's only had me in her life for one year so i'm ready to go back and make up that time yeah absolutely good for you man that's I'm excited for you. That's a really good place to be, to be able to have that exit strategy. So many guys get out, so many men and women uh, exit military service just because they're not digging what they're doing anymore, but they have no plan whatsoever. And that's part of my mission is to make sure these folks and others have a plan before they make that exit. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, one of the shock values for me was, was that I was, so I was submarines, and so I was a nuclear engineer. And I respect that, by the way. That's, submariners have big respect for me. It's not something I could do. Yeah, me neither. Like I said, square peg through a round hole. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but, you know, I was like, oh, well, you know, I could always just get out and go work for a reactor plant, and uh, that'll be great. But the thing I was realizing, though, is that that wasn't something, I would just be trading one job for another. You know, um, and that wouldn't make me happy. And if I were to try to do something new, you know, something exciting, I'd have to start from square one. I would have zero experience. I'd have zero, you know, real background. And so if I had decided, say, I wanted to go work for GE, you know, oil or exploration, which was something I was kind of thinking about, I would need to start preparing now. I couldn't just step out of the Navy and then say, hey, you know, GE, I want to work for you on this thing that I have no experience on, no, you know, academic background on. Just hire me because I'm a military guy. And a lot of people do that. But <laughs> I think uh, I think the best thing is that when you do decide what that job, what, you know, whether it's entrepreneur or not, whatever it is you think will make you happy and successful in life, um, you should start thinking about the things you can do now to prepare for that, to make it a better, you know, more realistic uh, path to go on. And you have time. Uh, I would say to everyone out there, your life may be filled with lots of stuff, but there's so much you can do. For me, I cut out watching a movie and TV shows. That freed up about two to three hours a day, mm -hmm. every day, just from that one tiny sacrifice. Um, so find out what that is, you know, rearrange your life so you can accomplish it and then move towards the goal. So you're not only writing Kindle books, you're now also showing other people how to write Kindle books and get them published and monetize them or everything else. Is that correct? Well, actually not so much the, how to write them or publish them. So my, my step is, is that, Hey, if you've written a book, you know, but you want to sell more of your book, then Kindle printers is the place. I, I love with the marketing aspect of it. And I feel as though that's the one thing most writers struggle with. There are a lot of amazing writers out there, you know, and there are a lot of poor writers out there. 
The difference between them is one know, you know, is whether or not you know how to sell it. I tell people all the time, I'm not a best author, but I am a best-selling author. And you know, some of these some of these authors who are really into their art struggle with the part of getting their book out there, getting it in front of the right people, you know, so that people can enjoy what they did. And that's where Kindlepreneur comes in. No, that's a very good point in what you just said about you're not a best author but a best-selling author. And quite frankly, there are some very, very good books that are written out there, but they're sitting on a shelf somewhere and not getting purchased because that's a whole different art form is getting it out to the people that, that want the book. And that's where you come in. A great example is J.K. Rowling who wrote you know, the Harry Potter series, right? She wrote what most people consider is the most profitable book in our time. Here it is, a billion dollar idea. When you add all the things that have come from Harry Potter, from the movie deals to the theme park that's being created to everything, a billion dollar book sitting there. And there were 26 different editors that, um, that rejected her. She got it out to all, or to these, um, sorry, to these publishing companies. They all rejected her. The only guy who finally accepted it was because her agent kind of, you know, the dude owed her agent a, um, a favor. And so he said, fine, I'll, I'll go through the book. And instead of reading the book, he threw it to his uh, daughter and said, here, you read it. And you tell me if it's good. <laughs> she came back 24 hours and she's like, um, is there a second one? And when is it coming out? And that's when he was like, oh. I mean, so here <laughs> she had the best book, the biggest money-making thing ever, and she couldn't even get it out. She had to keep with it, beating the drum, pushing it in front of people, hoping that somebody would grab it and take it. And I say to any author out there, you could write the greatest money-making book ever, and you may fail. It may never be read. And that's where you, know, you need to understand either how to market yourself or how to get somebody who really knows how to do it and does it for you. Absolutely. And I've heard this multiple times from many people who have written books. And I know many top selling books or top selling authors, I should say. So what are some um, good news stories other than your own books? Because I know you've got quite a few books out there and you're helping other people get their book to market and get it onto Kindle. What are some good news stories about that? Well, uh, one thing is is that we actually just launched software. That's a new one for me uh, called KDP Rocket. And basically, it is a program that goes through and pulls data from Amazon to help authors figure out if their book is going to succeed in Amazon. So the idea is, is that you go into the software, you type in your idea, and it will go through all of the pre-existing books that rank for those terms, finds other terms for you, and basically tells you how much money those books are making and whether or not you kind of have a chance to make some of that money as well. So it's really a book marketing research program and it's kind of a first uh, of its kind especially with all the data we present because hey i'm a nuke i'm a big data guy <laughs> i love mm -hmm. to see the numbers before i make a decision on investing all that time energy and money into writing a book and we've got a lot of amazing feedback from authors who are like whoa this like totally stopped me from going into a dead end where nobody was looking for it and at the same time it's really helped people to get their book discovered so that means a lot to me, not because of the income stream that comes from it, but you know, I, I tell people all the time that the two things that I fear most in the world, you know, is I, I fear only God and dishonor. And when you put a product out there, man, you, 
I was doing everything in my power to make sure that there was no dishonor that came from from a product. So it's just been it's just been wonderful personally to have experienced and created that, and to be able to stand by it and know that people are enjoying it. Yeah, that's really cool. I did see that on your site, but I didn't really look into it. That's absolutely something that I will be using in the near future as I finish up my book. In fact, I'll be using that before I finish up my book so that I can make adjustments if need be because I do want proof of concept. And that's what that is, men of abundance in the entrepreneur world. You want proof of concept before you put your product, service, or even your book out to market. Before you even produce it and spend all the time, money, and energy uh, to do that, you want proof of concept. So that is a very, very valuable tool to have. Yeah, even even like fast food chains do this. It's funny because authors have never really approached um, writing books in that way. But I mean, in and out the greatest burger joint, you know, fast food restaurant in the United States. It's a fact, not even a... <laughs> um, but anyways, when they decide that, hey, we want to start a new in and out restaurant in, say, San Francisco, they don't just choose a street and put it there, right? They don't mm-hmm. say, okay, well, San Francisco, we'll just throw, we'll put one here and one there. They go through and they do research. They find out, you know, what streets get the most traffic, how much competition is there, whether or not the competition is making money, opportunities that exist. And they'll compile all this data and they'll use operational research to say, well, this one spot here with all of its pros and cons seems to be the most optimal choice for us to set up a new restaurant there. And then they make the decision, they move. Now, does it mean that they're going to succeed? Does it mean that they will make all the money that they projected? No, but they have a way better idea about you know, whether or not they're going to succeed there, how much they can expect, and they already know what challenges they're going to face before they even sign a contract and move forward on it. I say any business out there should have something like that. And in my sector as authors and self-publishers, nobody had created it. And that's why we jumped on it. We created the software to do exactly that. I've never heard of anything like that. I've, I've heard of the, you know, kind of the proof of concept, but never a software or anything that was that, had that much data attached to it. And that's very awesome to have. Uh, and I'm definitely going to get my hands on that. So Dave, we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward. You ready for that? Absolutely. Awesome. So give men of abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today. Well, I want to go back to what we talked about and say step number one, talk to your spouse. Step number two, define what success is for you both. And step number three is using that definition of success, scope out what life should look like to be able to accomplish it and then to take action. Take action now. Take action, definitely. What daily steps make the biggest impact in your life? I'd say creating a schedule, maintaining discipline. Now, I know that sounds like the most military response ever, but you know, when we talked about that, how do you accomplish these things that we just listed? And the way you do that is you need to understand you're going to have to make slight sacrifices in your life, but stick to it. Stick to the plan. Um, I cut out movies as well as I get up at 4.30 every morning. I have a nice coffee and I go into my routine and I get stuff done before I go into work. And that's allowed me over the past three and a half years to get to my exit strategy and my success. So I would suggest the same. Excellent. What book would you recommend to Men of Abundance and why? That's a really good question. I would, I, my favorite one is The One Thing by Gary Keller. It's as an entrepreneur, you know, as a father, husband, Navy guy, all these roles that we, the men of, of abundance play is, you know, it, it's, there's just so much, there's so much input. And with that book, it will help you to 
to make sure you prioritize, you choose the one thing at a time and you accomplish that. And when you do that, you'll get much better results than trying to do everything at the same time. That is an excellent book and it's co-authored by Jay Papazon. Uh, absolutely yes. love that book and uh, I will have that book and any of the books that you have as well Dave listed in the show notes at menofabundance.com just search Dave in the search bar because I think this will be episode either 30 or 31 so I have one last question for you and to me this is one of the most important questions for men of abundance and that is what does living a life of abundance mean to you life of abundance is where you have your definition of success and you've reached it and that allows you to live your life to the fullest like we said you know your lifestyle the lifestyle that you love that you've reached that and that allows you to expand and enjoy so we're going to close this up and before we do you've already left us with quite a bit of great information but i'd like you to leave us with a parting piece of guidance and any way that we can get a hold of you and a hold of any of your books and anything else that you have coming up I think that the the number one reason why people fail is because, you know, fail to reach that point in life is because, you know, they they create a plan and they just don't stick to it, you know. I mean, it, it requires a lot of discipline and determination. But more importantly, you need to know what you're striving for. And if you put that carrot at the end of the stick, you can get there. For me, if you guys out there have any questions, especially if you are writing a book or whatever, if you go to kindlepreneur.com slash contact me uh, or you just find my contact page, send me a message there. To this day, I respond to every one of them personally. I don't have virtual assistants doing it for me and be more than happy to help out anybody out there. And again, Men of Abundance, we will have that listed, all the links and websites and books and everything we already mentioned because I know some of you are driving and doing other things, working out at the gym or whatever you do during the podcast. Uh, I'll have all of that in the show notes for you, so you can just go directly to menofabundance.com, put Dave in the search bar, and you can click on any of the links and get access right there. So, Dave, I truly appreciate your time, man. Uh, Be safe on your move. I know how those moves go. They're kind of stressful sometimes, but this this one's all new to you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir, indeed. Awesome. So have a great day. Thank you. You too. All right. Take care. All right, Abundant Leaders, thanks for sticking around to the end. I think that was a great conversation with Dave, and it further validates the entire idea of having a side hustle, regardless of how comfortable you are in your job today. Once again, there are so many things out there that you can do. Who would have thought that you could make a career out of helping people get their books ranked on Kindle like Dave is doing? Simply another amazing vocation that is going to free him and allow him to spend more time with his family and doing the things that he would much rather be doing. What would you rather be doing? What would you rather be doing eight hours a day than what you're doing right now? I know some of you love your job, and that's great, and I, and I commend you for it. But my question to you is, are you living the abundant lifestyle that you dream of? You really can have it. It's not that difficult. It does take work, and it takes time. But you just have to learn some new skills and apply those skills and take action. I want you living your life of abundance. I want you living the lifestyle that you want to live. You deserve that. It's a very short life. So wouldn't you rather spend it doing the things that you truly enjoy doing? All right, I've preached enough. Go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. 
We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.